hey, Orange County, we've got our ballots. It's time to vote. Please go to our website, ocballotguide.com. It's in the show notes, but it's ocballotguide.com. Share it with everyone you know, help inform voters, and let's elect great candidates to serve our community and take us in the right direction. ocballotguide.com. Return your ballots, drop them in a mailbox, put them in the mail, or vote at a vote center. June 7th is the deadline. Return those ballots, ocballotguide.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Slice of Orange on North Orange County Politics. We're talking about the June 2022 ballot. Uh, I'm Jody Wallner, your host, and today it's just me and you and your ballot. So first, we're going to talk about how to make informed voters on what to expect on the ballot, the election rules, and how to vote strategically. And then in the next episode, we'll talk about what's actually on the ballot um, and who to vote for uh, and how to make that decision. So first, the rules of elections determine the winner. How the votes are counted matters. So if you've got your sample ballot, if you've got your ballot, and you're ready to look at it, um, let's get started. Okay, so this is a slice of orange. I'm Jody Balma, and we're going to talk about your June 2022 ballot for Orange County. Um, this election has three different rules to count the votes and determine a winner. And it's important to understand why and why that matters and when you need to vote strategically and when you can vote for whoever you want. And obviously, you can always vote for whoever you want, but that strategy has an impact. So the first set you're going to look at is the primary races. This is where no matter how many votes somebody gets, the top two candidates will be on the November ballot. We used to nominate candidates by political party. Democrats would vote for only Democrats on a Democratic primary. Republicans would vote for only Republicans on a Republican primary. And then the winners of those would go to the November ballot along with every other political party in the state of California, Peace and Freedom and uh, and the Reform Party, any any party, the Libertarian Party would have a candidate. Um, that's how we used to do things. Now, uh, all voters see all candidates for the office and only the top two get to face off in November. And the winner then, the winner of the November ballot gets to win and get the job. So these are the statewide offices, governor, lieutenant governor, treasurer, controller, insurance commissioner, all those plural executives. Um, the United States Senator, which you're going to vote twice. Uh, once for a short term to fill the position um, because Alex Padilla was appointed. We got to fill that time between November and January and then a six-year term that'll start in January. If that sounds confusing. I'll talk about it in more detail in the next episode. Um, our de- district elections for Congress, California Senate Assembly, these all follow the same rules. They're partisan offices. And so we have to have a primary to choose candidates to advance to November, and the November ballot will actually elect these people. Okay. Then we've got the Orange County races. And in Orange County, we use two different sets of rules. We have an office where a candidate who wins a majority or more wins the office. And if nobody gets a majority, the top two advance to November with a runoff. So these could be decided in June, or we could have to do this again in November with the top two vote getters. That means that whoever wins gets a majority. Because if they don't get a majority in June, we force only two to advance and somebody's got to get a majority in November to be the winner. In the unlikely event that there's a tie, we would have a tiebreaker and somebody would be declared the winner, but almost never is that the outcome. So 
Orange County Board of Supervisors, District Attorney, Orange County Assessor, the Clerk Recorder, Superior Court Judges, all can win outright with 50% or more of the vote. When you look and see the ballot and there's four or five candidates for some of these races, um, that's likely going to be a runoff election in November with only the top two. So that's how those elections are going to work. If some candidate like Sheriff Don Barnes, who's running uncontested, I doubt 50% or more of the voters would write in a candidate against him. And certainly they probably wouldn't all agree on who that would be. Almost certainly Sheriff Don Barnes will be reelected in June. No need to put his name on the ballot in November. But lots of these races will either be decided by a majority vote or go to November. Finally, the third set of rules, we've got the Orange County Board of Education that's one and done. No matter what the vote totals are, whichever candidate gets the most votes in June wins. So it's really important, back to that strategy question, it's really important that voters vote strategically and they have to understand the weight of the vote and how you use it because we've seen examples from special elections and 2020 primary in March where voters didn't vote strategically and a candidate most voters didn't want to win won the seat in Orange County Board of Education. Tim Shaw won with 33% of the vote and 67% of the voters had voted for somebody else. So we're going to talk about that and the possibility that Tim Shaw could get reelected with a low number of votes because there are four candidates in that race. So it's really important that voters vote strategically for whoever you want to win. Okay, so now that you understand the rules, how do you decide who to vote for? How do you get informed? Well, first of all, congratulations, you're doing that. You are listening to a podcast about how to be informed. So you're halfway there. Now I'm gonna direct you to where to find information about individual candidates, individual offices. Um, I always recommend, I'm a proud member of the League of Women Voters, and you should be too. They are an organization dedicated to making informed voters better democracy and an educated citizen. Nothing bad about that. They're opposed to things that everybody should be opposed to. They're opposed to voter suppression. They're opposed to making voting more difficult. They are for things everybody should be for, which is an educated, informed citizenry voting and making good decisions. So go to calvotes.org. If you're in California, cavotes.org. If you're in Orange County, that'll take you there too. Not everybody in the state has as good of register of voters website as we do, but those of you in Orange County, and that's my main target, can go to ocvote.org for all of your needs and election questions. They are amazing, and I'm going to be redirecting you there for election results. So cavotes.org is the legal one voters. It's going to direct you to Voters Edge. You can type in your address and find out your entire sample ballot. If you uh, want to go to ocvote.org, that's another great place to find all the information you need. How do you get informed? Um, well, one way is by partisanship. If you're a Republican, you might want to vote for the Republicans on the ballot. If you're a Democrat, you might want to vote for the Democrats on the ballot. When there are more than one uh, uh, candidates from your party, you might want to look at endorsements. What does your political party endorse? Who have they chosen to support? Um, I encourage you to go to candidate forums to 
listen to podcasts like mine. Um, go to candidate forums in your community, get to know the candidates, the League of Women Voters sponsors them, other organizations in your community sponsor candidate forums. A lot of them are live streamed these days, which make it even easier to attend. Um, you can look at their ballot statements. The sample ballot will come to your house and there'll be a ballot statement. Understand that <clears throat> those are written by the candidate. Um, so they're going to be biased. Uh, everybody's going to be a good guy. Everybody's going to be a good candidate. Everybody's going to have good things to do. They're all going to um, want your vote. Uh, you know, I, on a recent interview, one of, one of uh, my guests, you know, said, everybody's going to be for law and order. Nobody's ever going to campaign that they're for crime and chaos. So understand that um, you might not get enough information from those ballot statements. Sometimes you get a lot of information. Uh, also look at endorsements. Uh, we ask candidates to get endorsements. They get endorsements because it, it's a way for them to indicate to you who supports them. And particularly with these low information elections, these nonpartisan races, Orange County in particular, no partisanship. You don't get that indicator on the ballot. You get a name and you get a ballot designation, a job of what they do. So looking at organizations that you trust, um, you know, you may support public education. And so you're going to look for who the teachers support. You're going to look for uh, professionals who are in public education and who they support. You're going to look for political parties or union support. You might be looking for the Chamber of Commerce um, to endorse. And also, um, the candidates will send you this information on mailers to your house if they're trying to persuade you. Those of you who are you know, repeat voters. If you voted five times or more, you're probably going to get a lot more political mail. If you're a first-time voter, you might not be targeted. Um, but the more you vote, the more they'll send you information in the mail. Most people throw it away um, immediately. But just to catch your eye as you're taking it from the mailbox to the trash can, to the recycle bin, to the recycle bin, um, you should definitely look and see who are those people endorsing um, Research. Uh, I, I encourage you to search media archives. The Voice of OC, the, the, the you know archived OC Weekly that does an, uh, did an incredible job covering local Orange County politics. Um, Orange County Register. Search those media archives. Um, the Voice of OC really focuses on local issues, and you can get the headlines and, and then dive into um, the media reports and news articles that you may not see. And finally, when in doubt, leave it blank. Um, if, if, if you can vote for what you know, vote for what you're informed about, and then leave everything else blank, that is fine. There is no penalty for that. Um, I, I think that that's sometimes the wise thing to do because an uninformed vote, um, I believe, you know, dishonors the sanctity of the vote. Um, it, it's as if you're throwing your vote away. And, and, and as we reflect on the people who, you know, engaged in hunger strikes, who were beaten, who fought and, and finally won the right to vote, I think it's important that we value it. When you look across the world, people who are still fighting um, and, and the voter suppression acts that are coming throughout our country, I think it's important to honor our vote by becoming informed, um, to respect that power that we have to choose representatives for our community to represent us. So. When in doubt, leave it blank. 
Um, in Orange County, I can give you some examples of when people have not done that, when they have voted for uh, candidates that had no business getting any votes. And if you could talk to people, if you had been informed, if you knew what they had done prior, if you had searched media archives, um, let me tell you, our local journalists were trying and trying to warn you. And uh, a lot of voters didn't listen. Uh, we had in 2012, John uh, Judge Ron Klein, um, who was running unopposed and got 33% of the vote. Um, and, and luckily, there were enough write-in candidates. Uh, uh, 11 write-in candidates were trying desperately to stop Ron Klein from being chosen as a judge for another six years for the Orange County Superior Court. Um, uh, uh, John Adams won. Uh, if you're going to be a writing candidate, it doesn't hurt to have an easy to spell, easy to remember presidential name. Uh, and, and John a a Adams won that. But 33% of the voters were uninformed because if they'd even done a cursory search, a Google search, they would have learned that Ron Klein had been arrested um, for child pornography and had over 2,000 images uh, on his work computer. Um, so, I think it's important to do that. Um, Judge Scott Steiner, who's currently on the bench and just won uh, a re-election to a six-year term six years ago, was in a contested race. Uh, and the voters had the opportunity to not re-elect somebody who had been censured for sex with women in his chambers, who the Orange County Board Bar Association had ruled was not qualified. Um, and they didn't. They didn't because he was an incumbent. And low-information voters like to vote for the incumbent. Um, we'll talk more about the power of ballot designations and how that's not enough. Um, that's not enough information, um, particularly when it comes to judges. Um, Steve Rocco, uh, notorious perennial candidate, Steve Rocco, uh, who was first uh, elected to the Orange School Board as a low information uh, voter, uh, just voted for the guy with the ballot designation of educator and had no idea that he was a conspiracy theorist who uh, had had no experience or uh, 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 really interest in public education and was completely interested in his conspiracy theories and reading from his manifesto. And he is on the June ballot. Uh, he ran against Hugh Wynn four years ago and got 110,000 votes from Orange County. And I would like to call each and every one of those 110,000 voters and beg them to leave it blank if you don't know. Um, but he's on the ballot and I have no idea how many votes he'll get this time. I imagine quite a few because his name recognition is increasing the more he's on the ballot. So when in doubt, leave it blank, leave it blank. Um, but also get informed, uh, do those media searches, talk to your friends and family, search uh, and see who, you know, who are your informed friends and family uh, experts, uh, journalists who are covering this um, so that you can really be informed when we're talking about this. Last, um, uh, we're going to talk in the next episode about actual names and actual ballot uh, suggestions and, and how to make strategic votes. But I want to talk about strategic voting in general. Um, and in particular, because the Orange County Board of Education, I'm hearing a lot of people um, talk about uh, that particular race because it's one and done. Uh, June is the only chance. We don't get a second chance in November. I think it's important to remember that voting is a chess move. You are not proposing. It is not a Valentine. We're not marrying the person. You're not even going out to, to, to a bar with them for, for a beer or having lunch with them. Um, voting is a chess move, and you have to vote strategically. Uh, and and I, I think a lot of progressives in particular, 
a lot of liberals in particular are being reminded of that with the the um, with with the potential for Roe versus Wade to be uh, overturned with the Dobbs case. Uh, the Alito uh, majority opinion draft was leaked, uh, and it is very likely that the Supreme Court, with a six-three conservative. Um, majority will overturn Roe versus Wade, which should not be a surprise. That's what the conservatives have been um, campaigning on, uh, essentially since Roe versus Wade was passed 50 years ago. The the three that will be in the majority, uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, are three Trump appointments uh, that that would not be on the court uh, if in 2016 more people had voted strategically. But we heard all over from voters far and wide. I just don't like her. I don't like Hillary Clinton. She's done bad things. But her emails, absolutely true. However, voters need to be reminded that they are not voting for just a person. You are not endorsing that person by voting for them. You are not writing them a letter of recommendation. You are not condoning everything they've ever done. You're voting strategically. Imagine your vote is a ticket that puts you on a train, and if enough people in that election vote to get on your train, the train you're voting for, whoever wins, the train gets to take our community, that office, in the direction that they're going. So for you, if you want public education, if you want the Board of Education to stop wasting money on pointless lawsuits that keep getting overruled, the current Board of Education has spent six, seven million dollars suing the state of California and being overruled. They're out of their lane. They're taking on political issues that they have no business getting involved in, and the courts have ruled that way. They're fighting with the superintendent, Dr. Al Maharis, who is so well-respected, I've yet to find somebody who works for him who doesn't think he has done an excellent job as the superintendent of Orange County Schools. And our current um, conservative block on the Orange County Board of Education has been fighting um, with him and, and, and suing over budgets and suing over policy and honestly wasting a lot of time. So as you make a decision for the Orange County Board of Education, imagine that you are voting for which train the Board of Education is going to to get on, which direction they're going to go. And if you want the contentious policies to continue, if you want to support the direction that the current majority is going to, then you should absolutely, if you're in District 4, North Orange County, you should vote for Tim Shaw. You should vote for those policies and those procedures to continue. But if you want to vote for the train to go in the opposite direction, If you want the Board of Education to have a majority that can move the Board of Education, the Department of Education in Orange County, in the opposite direction, then you're going to have to vote for the best candidate for that direction. And in this case, these four candidates, it is Paulette Chapin. She has the best chance of winning. And I hear people say, but I don't like her. Fine. Don't like her. We call them clothespin elections because you have to hold your nose while you're voting for somebody who is the best strategic choice. But it's a question of the trains and the direction you want them to go. So we may have another case where people don't vote strategically, split their votes against to somebody who isn't Paulette Chafee and isn't Tim Shaw. I don't want to vote for either of them. I'm going to vote for a third or fourth candidate, one of the others. Well, If it was a partisan race, that would be fine. 
you would remove yourself from really voting for the top two and you would split the vote. That's fine in a partisan race where it goes to November. That's even fine in the Orange County races where there's a runoff. If the votes are split, probably the district attorney's race where there are four candidates, there will be people who don't want to vote for Pete Harden or don't want to vote for Todd Spitzer and they'll vote for one of the other candidates. Fine. But in this election, the June election, where it's one and done, it matters more to vote strategically. Because what we saw in 2020, two years ago, wasn't that long ago, we saw this split. We saw that there were four candidates for the Orange County Board of Education trustee four. I'll talk more about why this is up again. It's complicated. It's long. It's not relevant. Tim Shaw was running for the first time. Vicki Calhoun, Paulette Chafee, and Jordan Brandman were on the ballot. Democratic voters supported these three, Vicki Calhoun, Paulette Chafee, and Jordan Brandman. Nobody would get out of the race, even though many of us predicted what was going to happen was that Democratic voters were going to split their votes among Vicki Calhoun, Paulette Chafee, and Jordan Brandman. And Tim Shaw, with a minority portion of the vote, would win. And 2020 March primary election, that's exactly what happened. Tim Shaw won his seat with 33% of the vote. That is the danger of splitting the vote. That is the danger of being so precious with your righteous indignation that you don't like somebody, that you end up electing the person who is policy-wise driving the train in the opposite direction, making decisions in the opposite direction. We're going to talk a lot about strategy in November when we get to the November election where every single school board is going to have elections, every single city council is going to have elections, and there aren't runoffs. They are one and done. And so the strategy that has to first come is not flooding the ballot with too many candidates and then getting your voters to coalesce around one candidate that has the best shot at getting a majority of the vote. And and, and if you're a Republican, I'll give you an example from the other side. In 2021 for County Board of Supervisors, um, there was a special election, which meant the same rule was. The special elections have the same rule as the Orange County Board of Education. One and done. No runoff election. There were five candidates in that March 2021 election. Three Republicans, John Morlock, Kevin Muldoon, Michael Vaux, and then a strong Democrat, Katrina Foley. And even though this is a district that was drawn, we've now redistricted it, so it doesn't exist anymore, but this district was drawn to favor Republicans slightly. And it should have been an easy Republican win, but it wasn't. It wasn't because Republicans did the same thing in this county supervisor race that Democrats had done in the Orange County Board of Education race. The candidates split endorsements, the candidates split money, they got donations from different places, they split the vote, and voters supported three different candidates. So 31% of the voters voted for John Morlock, 11 maybe 12% voted for Kevin Muldoon, and 9% voted for Michael Vaux. And if you add that up, it is more votes, a higher percentage than the number of voters who voted for Katrina Foley. There's a fifth candidate in there that takes 4% of the vote away. So that kind of reduces the overall total between these two factions. But Katrina Foley won with 43% of the vote, 44% of the vote. So what that means is 56% of the voters voted for somebody who wasn't the winner. So Republicans have experience splitting the vote 
and having the person they least want to win, win. And Democrats have that experience with this same election in 2020. Tim Shaw was the candidate, Democratic voters, NPP voters who voted for Vicki Halhoun, Paulette Chafee, or Jordan Brandman, the other voters, the majority of voters did not want Tim Shaw. If they wanted Tim Shaw, they would have voted for Tim Shaw. Only 33% of the voters voted for Tim Shaw, and yet he won election. So strategic voting is important to understand, and it's important to talk about, because if you don't, if you simply vote for the person who is pure, if the person you love the best, the person you like the best, isn't always the candidate with the best chance of winning. So let's talk about how to vote. You're going to vote by mail or drop off ballot boxes. Orange County has incredibly secure um, ballots. Um, those people who talk about voter suppression or um, voter fraud, sorry, voter fraud, are not talking about the voter integrity here. Voter fraud doesn't exist. Um, there are lots of measures that can help protect voter integrity. And Neil Kelly, our former registrar of voters, he recently retired after a, a career of public service to our county. Our new registrar of voters, Bob Page, seems to be following that same culture um, and, and same commitment to voter integrity. So even here, um, you can't find somebody who is going to, to possibly allege that there is voter fraud because fundamentally there is no voter fraud. And I can share all the statistics of why we have research and research and research to find and it doesn't exist. It's so, 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 so rare. You're more likely to be struck by lightning a couple of times in the same spot than you are to have this. But each and every one of the instances gets lots of press. So let me talk a little bit about the protections we have for our voter integrity in Orange County. And this is true in most places, but uh, Neil Kelly really was a pioneer. Um, identity verification. When you register to vote in California, you have to give your social security number, your driver's license, your California state identification. There is an identifier attached to your voter registration. That's good. That means that you are who you say you are. And when you turn in your ballot by mail, there is a signature match. It's tied to the databases for those, um, th those government agencies. And so it's matched with computer matching. Uh, um, um, and, and, and if your, if your signature has changed, if you break your arm and your signature doesn't look like it used to, then, then the registrar voters will send you a letter and say, please come in and sign or please fill this out, um, and, and attest that this is your signature. And that is then added to, um, your signature database. There are barcodes on the envelope. You can track it the entire time. Your envelope has a unique number that is tracked. There is a chain of command that is followed. There are protections and there are videos that'll show you this. It is an open and transparent process. There's no secrecy. Um, there's a text notification. You can sign up with SMS text notifications so you know where your ballot is at all times. Um, there are secure drop-off locations. Those Voter vote centers that'll open later on, closer to the, the, the dead deadline, and also the vote centers, the, the drop-off boxes that are everywhere. Um, you can vote anywhere in the county. You no longer have to find your precinct in your neighborhood to vote. You can vote anywhere in the county. That expands voter access. The vote centers are there. If you lose your ballot, if you want to surrender your ballot, if you make a mistake, you can surrender your ballot and get a new one. Um, if you've lost your ballot, you can go get a provisional ballot and hold it until they make sure you didn't vote anywhere else. Um, they do post-election audits. It's all open and transparent. Um, and, and we're trying new things. Uh, this election, we have a pilot 
with uh, those official ballot boxes that are around the county. Nine of them have um, some pretty impressive scanner technology. Uh, it's, it's the first um, county in the state that's using it to deploy this type of ballot box drop box technology. It's usually it's used by the medical industry to track tissue samples, but um, you basically scan the barcode on your envelope as you drop it in, you deposit it, and then you get a text message based on that barcode every time. You can, if, if you don't find one of these nine, um, you, you can do the same kind of text notification by yourself. Um, but it's just an extra step. But we're hoping to really, really um, be innovative and use technology to protect uh, voter integrity and, and, and that precious ballot that we have. So vote centers around the county will open. Again, you can look at ocvote.com or .org. Uh, 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 May 28th to June 3rd, those vote centers will be available 8 to 5. June 4th through 6th, that weekend before uh, Election Day, 8 to 8 are the hours of those vote centers. June 7th, uh, Tuesday, June 7th, they open at 7, they close at 8. And then you can go to OC Vote um, and, and, and find the election results that night. Um, there's always uh, fun to see. OCVote.org will give you that um, information, but... Uh, Hopefully, you'll become informed voters. I encourage you to research your ballot and uh, listen to the next episode where we go office by office and talk about who's running. And I'll even give you my uh, my suggestions, my endorsements. I have endorsed some candidates for those Orange County races, and I'll share those in the next episode. Happy researching. Thank you for listening to A Slice of Orange. I have an incredible production team that makes this possible. So thank you to executive producer Aaron Wadka, the season two editing team uh, that made us all better, Alexandria Kim and Sydney Gimple. And starting uh, for the end of season two and my season three uh, production crew, Jackson Henry. Thank you all. And thanks for listening.